Hi guys, this is your girl Wakeji Kamore and welcome to Reflections by Wakeji Kamore. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the time you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And today we're going to be covering the second part of Genesis chapter 26. So yesterday we did the first part and we, we had agreed to do this in two, two parts because it was a bit long and I didn't want to make the podcast longer than it should be. But let's just do a small recap, a short recap on what happened in Genesis chapter 26, the first part. We saw that there was a famine and God had asked uh, Isaac to not go to Egypt, but instead to stay behind and see God's blessing. Isaac lied to Abimelech that uh, Rebecca was his sister, not his wife. And then Abimelech found out and he ordered that nobody should harm him. And that way Isaac was allowed to stay in Gerar. So this is the second part of it. So Isaac sowed in the land, rather planted. I don't know this word, sowed, sowed, sowed. I find it very difficult to to pronounce. So let's say planted. Isaac planted in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Please note, this is my favorite part of this chapter, that there was a famine and then Isaac planted in the land and reaped in the same year when there was a famine a hundredfold. That's highlight that because that is my best part of this chapter and I will give you a story about it, how I have actually lived that 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 line, that uh, verse in my life. So anyway, the Lord blessed him and they, the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so much so that the Philistines envied him. They envied him so that they filled all the wells that Isaac's father had dug with soil. You remember, guys, that um, Abraham had actually lived in this town and that he had dug up some wells. So the Philistines, because now they were so envious of Isaac, went and filled all the all the wells that Abraham had dug with soil. Can you imagine? And finally, King Abimelech said to Isaac, leave our country. You've become much more powerful than we are. So Isaac left that place and he camped near a little river of Gerar. He stayed there and lived there. Long before this time, Abraham had dug many wells, as I have just mentioned. And after he died, the Philistines, Philistines filled the wells with soil. So Isaac went back to dug and dug those wells again. He gave them the same names his father had given them. And Isaac's servants also dug a well near the little, little river and found fresh water. But the Philistines argued with Isaac's servants. They said, this water is ours. Well, then Isaac's servant dug another well. But then there was still an argument over that well too. So Isaac moved from there and dug another well. And no one came to argue about this well. So Isaac named it Rehoboth. He said, now the Lord has found a place for us. We will grow and be successful in this place. And there the Lord reaffirmed his promises and blessings to Isaac again. After some time, the same king, King Amimelech, and his advisor and his commander of the army came to visit Isaac. And Isaac had asked them, why have you guys come to see me? You are not friendly to me before. You even forced me to leave your country. They answered, now we know that the Lord is with you and we think we should make an agreement with you. We want you to make a promise to us. We did not hurt you and now you should promise, promise us to not hurt you. We sent you away, but we sent you away in peace. Now it is clear that the Lord is with you and the Lord has blessed you. 
So Isaac made a vow to Abimelech and not to harm him. Please note that this is the same thing that Abraham had done. That Abraham had gotten blessed. This is the time when Abraham and Sarah got, us, got their son Isaac. And then Abimelech was like, wow, this guy, uh, God is really blessing him. So let me go and make um, a, an agreement with him or I make a vow with him that we wouldn't hurt each other. And this, this king again called, still called Abimelech is doing the same thing with Abraham's son. So anyway, what is my personal takeout from this chapter, the, the second part of it, is that God is able to cause you to have a mighty harvest in the midst of a famine, in the midst of everything, every economy, whatever, like everything going wrong. God is able to cause you to have a mighty harvest. Let me give you guys my personal story of how I've literally lived this chapter in this line. In the year 2020, uh, sometimes in February, I went to, I visited Nigeria and then I came back. When I came back, as one of fact, COVID came to Kenya when I was away. So when I came back, COVID, like people had bought all the tissues from the supermarkets. And I was just like, well, may I go back to Kenya? I know I won't even have tissues. <laughs> like guys had bought everything from the supermarket. I was just like, well, I will land and I won't have anything in the house. And the supermarkets will be cleaned out. And then anyway, so I landed back. As I stayed quarantined for the 14 days that they were needed, they were, were needed to quarantine. And I remember at that time, my sister, um, who is my neighbor, told me that we should leave we should go to shags and stay in shags for as long as this covid is around and let's just you know wait it out when we're in shags and i agreed to go to shags but i remember the night before i went the night before the day we were leaving god told me to not leave don't go to shags stay here and please note you guys i run furnished apartments at that point i had two furnished apartments that that um that of course I ran and I had the house that I lived in, I lived in. So I had basically three rents to pay because all my furnished apartments are rented. So I had three rents to pay and I didn't know how I was going to pay them. The airport was soon going to be closed. I mean, guests were not coming in. There were no foreigners coming into the country. I'm telling you, I was just in a space where I was just like now, I don't know how I'm going to pay for rents. I don't know how I'm going to eat. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, 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 I was just in a very bad space financially and this COVID had come and it was threatening to even push me even in a worse state because now I have rents to pay and the apartments are going to be empty. So I remember God telling me, don't go to Shags. I'm going to bless you even in this time of the famine, even in this time of COVID, sorry, of, of this uh, pandemic. So in the morning, I told my sister, oh, see, I'm not going to shags with you. And I remember her being very upset with me because I had changed my mind and I couldn't explain it to her. I couldn't explain that God had told me to stay because sometimes when you explain things that God is telling you, they just don't make sense. And yeah, what was I going to stay in Nairobi to do? I don't have rent. I don't have food. My guests, I mean, the clients have, the, the apartments have no guests. As in, there was no reason. To, there was absolutely no reason to stay in Nairobi. But anyway, God asked me to stay. So I remember that time I released her to my sister to go. I released my housekeeper to go. And I, I was left in Nairobi by myself, me and my cat. <laughs> I was just left in the house by ourselves. And they're like, okay, now the people have gone. And then what? And I remember asking God, and then what? <laughs> now that people have gone and me have been left here. What am I going to eat? What am I going to pay rents with and what? 
And I'm telling you, in that same day when my sister left uh, for Shags and I was asking God now what happens, I remember having a guest, um, having someone call me and ask me whether my apartment was was um, was taken. And I remember saying, no, it wasn't. And it happened that the person who actually took the apartment at that time was a pastor. And I remember when I was walking him to the house to see the house, he asked me, why are you still in Nairobi? Uh, why are you still in Nairobi? And he told me, and then he started to tell me this story, this story in, um, you know, Genesis chapter 26. He told me, you know, in the book of Genesis chapter 26, there was a man called Isaac, and then there was a famine, and he sold in that same year, and he, he harvested a hundredfold. That was the same chapter, same story that I had read, and that was the same same story that God had used to tell me to stay in Nairobi. So I remember when that guy said, I was just sitting there listening like a guy, a chick who doesn't know the Bible. He, she's just being told stories. I didn't even tell the guy that I, I had, you know, like that is the story that God had used that morning to tell me to stay in Nairobi. I just was amused and amazed at how God was just confirming the thing that he had he had told me so anyway i showed the guy the apartment and he liked it and he says he's going to take it um i remember actually i think that was the first time i had someone stay in that specific apartment for a long term like someone took the apartment for a month so he said i'm gonna pay for it for a month so he pays it for, for it for a month that was in the month of uh, month of april, march april march april yes the month of april so in fact i think he came in somewhere March before the end of March so he paid for a month and he continued to stay in that apartment until August and every month he would pay to be in that apartment the rest of the apartments I remember getting a lot of grace from uh, from my from my landlords being told to not pay rent uh, I mean there, there's an apartment I didn't pay rent for all five months and the landlord told me don't pay until you're able to pay don't pay until you know, this pandemic is over or at least, you know, the economy has gone back to normal. And I remember even at that time, I had started managing other apartments for people. And I remember telling God, okay, fine. Now it's not just my apartments. I have other people who are looking at me at, you know, the fact that the the apartments have given the apartments to me and I need to manage them. And I remember each and every one of those apartments had long-term guests. I remember there's one who stayed for almost a whole year during that season. And in that same year, I had so much business. I was decorating people's homes. For some reason, I think people were home. And now they were like, okay, we can do something with our house. I was decorating people's homes. I had so much business for, for interiors, just moving from one place to another. And then I had so much work even for M's Creations. M's Creations is a business that I run for branding. And I remember moving from, I mean, there's a, there was a company that rebranded in that same year, that same year that COVID was COVID. Leave now, COVID is not necessarily COVID, but COVID was COVID. There was so much panic. I mean, we people are dying in hundreds and in thousands in different countries. That same year, God blessed me so much. There's a company that was rebranding and I was moving from city to city, town to town, just rebranding the offices and doing the work that was in that, um, that was given in that order. And there was just so much. In that year, I can say that I sowed in the land, I planted in the land and I reaped in that same year of famine a hundredfold. So when I say that God is able to cause you to have a mighty harvest in the midst of a famine, 
that is something that I have actually experienced for myself and I pray that you would experience it for yourself. I pray that you would be, you would have faith enough to hear what God has told you to do and to obey it. And I pray that God would remain faithful, which I mean, that is not even a prayer I have to make. God is faithful and he's going to remain faithful. And I pray that even as we obey what God has, has told us to do, that we will have faith to just trust that God has said it and he will do it. And that you will see and have faith that God's economy is not dependent on whatever it is that is happening in this country, whatever it is happening that's happening in the world. God's economy is not dependent on these things. God is able to cause us to have a mighty harvest, even in the midst of a famine, in the midst of bad economy, in the midst of a pandemic. That is how God operates. Thank you so much for listening and have yourself a great day. See you tomorrow.